Hi folks, welcome to uh, the first edition of the Sports Block Podcast SDSU Jackrabbit Edition for this year. We're a few weeks, be- a couple weeks behind football season, but that's you know fine because you get a rain out there and it's everything's good. Nathan Stacking here with you. Uh, we will not have very many SDSU Jackrabbit editions of the Sports Block Podcast throughout the years or throughout the season. Uh, it just gets a little difficult when you have a a nine-month-old son who's very busy and, and needs attention, which is totally fine. But thought we'd get one here to uh, to look at the football team this year. Remember, the Jackrabbits lost to James Madison in the FCS semifinals last year. It was a, a game that could not have gone any worse for them. Now, what, what, nine, ten turnovers? Uh, Taron Christian had at least. I mean, it was, it was just a turnover-infested game. Uh, for the Jackrabbits, uh, it was bad all the way around. And with that, now you see Dallas Goddard has left. He was drafted in the second round by the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, boo, Eagles. Uh, if you're a Vikings fan or even if you're a Jackrabbit fan and don't like Carson Wentz. So there you go. Uh, but anyway, uh, Jake Wanneke signed with the Vikings as an undrafted free agent. Uh, he did not make final cuts. Didn't even make the practice squad, which was quite surprising. But those were, uh, honestly, we, we talked about it over the last four years. Just how big of a role or factor that these guys played with the team, with the program. And who, I mean, now it's just Taron Christian. At, I mean, he's the guy that you remember, that you know of you know, for, for this team, especially on offense. Uh, now, there are some good uh, weapons that he has, including Kay Johnson, who um, had four touchdowns against Montana State last week. He was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, you have Jacob Brown as well, good wide receiver. So there's a, there are certainly weapons. Mike Daniel is st- still uh, with the team. He's the running back. So Taron Christian has some weapons. He played very well in this game 21 29 319 yards four touchdowns it was their first game of the year because again of that rainout that they had at iowa state there uh, over labor day weekend uh, cj wilson mikey daniel isaac wallace so th- those are your running backs there so that's um certainly names to keep in mind and again on the receiving side kate johnson and uh jacob brown our two big ones, Adam Anderson. He had four catches for 86 yards, so um, that's big. Uh, defensively for SDSU, uh, of course, we know of Christian Roseboom, but this was very solid team defensively, it appears, uh, at least from the Montana State game. So how will they do throughout this season? Uh, that is, I think, the big question here with this team. I found it interesting that they're ranked third in the FCS right now. I don't even recall last year them getting to that. Maybe I, I'm just not, maybe I'm misremembering uh, like Roger Clemens did, but for them to lose the star caliber players like they did in Goddard and Wenneke and still be ranked third in the FCS behind North Dakota State and James Madison, and let's not make any bones about it here. James Madison and NDSU are head and shoulders above the Jackrabbits and above everyone else at FCS, um, at the FCS level right now. I mean, I watched James Madison play against North Carolina State, and they hung with them till the very end. North Carolina State scored a touchdown late to pull away, 
But this is a James Madison squad that uh, good defense. seems like they have a good quarterback. That Stapleton's a good wide receiver. And then uh, for North Dakota State, it just doesn't matter. Lance Dunn, uh, good running back there. You have Easton Stick at quarterback, a great defense overall. So NDSU prime for another run to Frisco. And we'll see if they play James Madison or will they face someone else. And who would the Jackrabbits face in in the FCS playoffs should they make it. Now that's a little ways away here from that. We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but the Beef Bowl is the um, is September 15th against Arkansas Pine Bluff. Then the Jackrabbits get a bye week and then begins the Missouri Valley Conference schedule. The Dakota Marker game at North Dakota State right away. Uh, that's the first game of the Missouri Valley Conference play in Fargo. 2.30 p.m. on Saturday, September 29th. SDSU's won the last two Dakota Marker games. I can't see them winning three in a row, but hey, you never know. Crazier things have happened, and maybe this would be, again, a sign that SDSU is ready to hang with North Dakota State throughout the entire season. Um, but we will have Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader uh, join us here in just a, a couple of minutes to go over, uh, kind of preview the Jack season again. We're a couple couple weeks in even though technically only one game um but you take a look at the schedule at north dakota state home to indiana state home to youngstown state october 13th being hobo day um then at northern iowa that could be tough at illinois state certainly you never know what to expect from the the southern illinois and illinois states and northern iowa always plays the jackrabbits tough so uh definitely uh another it's going to be another difficult run through the Missouri Valley, but SDSU has shown that they are more than capable of pulling off such a run. Um, so that's going to be something to look at here. But how is Taron Christian? Again, good. it's only a one-game sample. But how is... so? It's a very good sample, but we're going to need to see more. How is he going to be able to um, play as well as he did? I mean, it, it is all on his... Uh, shoulders pretty much here the uh, I mean, again you, know, you have Kate Johnson he made Kate Johnson look very good but um, anyway that's something that we shall definitely look forward to let's look back at what happened in the Missouri Valley here in this last week if I can uh, get that pulled up here and then uh, we'll get to Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader and then wrap up with a, a minor uh, SDSU sports update here. Um, again, we won't be having as many of these uh, podcasts throughout the year. We'll have some for football and, and basketball, of course, but uh, not every week as you may have been accustomed to over the previous few years. But going around the Missouri Valley last week, again, South Dakota State crushed Montana State 45-14. to Kay Johnson, four touchdowns. Uh, Taron Christian was phenomenal. In that one, West Virginia beats Youngstown State 52-17. No surprise there. South Dakota takes down Northern Colorado 43-28. Uh, Simmons, the quarterback now. Uh, he is the quarterback, right? I think he is. Uh, yes, Austin Simmons uh, threw 462 yards in that contest. He certainly seems like he's filling in well for Chris Strebler. So that, uh, that's good for them. Southern Illinois lost a barn burner with Ole Miss, 76-41. But Straub, their quarterback, certainly kept Southern Illinois in this ballgame into the third quarter. 
So that was good. Illinois beats Western Illinois 34-14. Illinois State took down Eastern Illinois 48-10. And Louisville beat Indiana State 31-7. That's a look at what happened in the Missouri Valley last week. Uh, Just to look ahead then to this week's schedule, you have Valparaiso at Youngstown State, 2 p.m. Eastern. Um, There, uh, you have Arkansas Pine Bluff again at SDSU, 6 p.m. is a kickoff there at Dana J. Dykehouse Stadium. Northern Iowa is at Iowa. That's uh, 6.30 p.m. Central Time kickoff in Iowa City. Northern Arizona is at Missouri State, 2 p.m. Central Time kickoff there in Springfield. North Alabama at North Dakota State, uh, 2.30 p.m. kickoff there. Montana at Western Illinois, 3 p.m. kickoff there in Macomb, Illinois. And then uh, 6 p.m. kickoff Southeast Missouri at Southern Illinois there in Carbondale. Indiana State's at Eastern Illinois. That's in Charleston, Illinois, 7 p.m. kickoff. Another 7 p.m. kickoff in Ogden, Utah, South Dakota at Weber State. So let's look at the Missouri Valley. Here coming up next, we will... uh, we will talk with Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader, get a more of a preview on the upcoming season for SDSU football. Seems promising, but, you know, last year was that big year. Is SDSU maybe taking a step back this year? Are expectations lower? Talk with Matt to figure out what's going on here within the SDSU program and where we can expect SDSU to finish up this year if all goes correct. Well, if all goes right, they'd be winning the championship in Frisco. But... Again, have to kind of set the expectations a little lower, don't we? Find out next when we talk to Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader. Coming up here on the Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition. All right, we continue here on the Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition. Pleased to be joined by Matt Zimmer of the Argus Leader here. Matt, how are you doing today? Good, Nate. How are you? Good, good. Thank you. Uh, So football season is here. Uh, been a little late to get to my uh, to the initial or the uh, the first SDSU podcast of the year, but uh, only missed one game, so that's I guess okay. Uh, how was the trip down to Ames? It was a uh, must have been really exciting, right? It kind of sucked, actually. <laughs> uh, uh, crazy. You know, oh, I was gonna say we. You know, it was cool to to see their facility. You know, mm-hmm. um, the it was a beautiful day right up until the game started. So you kind of got to observe uh, their game day atmosphere. They had a great tailgating scene. Uh, the game was, if not sold out, really close. Uh, so we were all really excited to experience a Big 12 football game and atmosphere and everything. And and then you know what happened, and then it wasn't very fun the rest of the day. Right. Uh, was there any talk about moving kickoff up a little bit? Did they know that there was some impending weather coming in? They did, and that's kind of, I mean, I hate to be critical of Iowa State because, you know, cancellations in football are very rare. And so it's not the same as baseball where you're always kind of cognizant of being aware of the weather and what's good, what could potentially happen. Having said that, yeah, I mean, we kind of knew all weekend that there was the potential for weather. Um, the forecast that day, to be fair, had said the the bad stuff wasn't really supposed to move in until about 10 o'clock. And that's kind of how it happened. Um, it, it, like I said, it was a beautiful day all day. Mm-hmm. We're kind of sitting around going, gee, we should be playing right now. And then, you know, it moved. The, the weird thing, the unfortunate thing was, I personally and other people felt like they didn't need to pull them off the field when they did. Yes, there was lightning in the sky, uh, but it was far away from the stadium. There wasn't really any rain. 
And so we ended up just kind of sitting there for two hours waiting for the storm to get worse, basically. So it was like, why did you even delay it? Why did we even start? Um, and then, yeah, that led a lot of people asking the question, well, okay, if you, if you weren't going to play through mild rain and mild lightning, there's no point in waiting for it to get worse, which is exactly what it did. Why wasn't there any uh, thought of moving up kickoff? Especially, it's the game wasn't nationally televised, yep. so they didn't have to worry about you know ESPN's television schedule or anything like that. Right. Um, I I think they just kind of it they just it didn't occur to them until it was too late. Well, and you have of course the cancellation between Nebraska and Akron as well. And now I, I guess I've heard some chatter that you know. If, if Nebraska or Iowa State were to happen to need a game maybe to get to a bowl eligibility or conference championship, there there's a, always a chance or a possibility that they could be playing another game. And SDSU could, I've heard, has been rumored to be one of the teams that might have to play either in Nebraska or Iowa State again. Is that what you've been hearing as well? Well, Iowa State rescheduled their game. Did they already? Uh, okay. They got a, who was it? Incarnate Word, who I think is an FCS team. Yeah, yep, I think yeah. so. They were Division Two pretty recently, but anyway, and that would be, would either be scheduled uh, that that week at the end of the regular season, or if Iowa State happens to be in the Big Twelve Championship, then they'd cancel it. Um, SDSU could be in that situation with Nebraska potentially, um, but it's more than likely that SDSU is going to be in the FCS playoffs, in which case that would be off the table too. So. I think it's pretty safe bet at this point that South Dakota State's going to play a 10-game regular season. Um, that that stinks because we were deprived a chance to see what uh, Taryn Christian could do in front of uh, you know an FBS team without uh, Dallas Goddard and Jake Wenicky, but it certainly seems like he has quite the weapon there in uh, in Kay Johnson. Yeah, they. Uh, I mean, really definitively answered most of the questions that we had going into that first game. I mean, especially, you know, Montana State had a game, and it was a, a good game. They, they picked up a quality win over Western Illinois, a Valley team. And uh, you always figure a team with one game under their belt is going to be more ready to play uh, than a team that hasn't played yet, leaving aside the fact that SDSU, like you mentioned, you know, lost so many key players, particularly on offense, um, you know, five of their best offensive players when you include Brady Mangarelli and their top two offensive linemen. Yep. Uh, so I had a lot of reservations about what that offense was going to look like. I was expecting a relatively low-scoring game. And uh, they came out, and <laughs> I don't want to say they were perfect, but it was certainly a best-case scenario type of game uh, in all three phases. And you mentioned that Taron Christian were all kind of wondering, well, is he going to miss – Jake in Dallas, or how much is he going to miss him? And he played arguably the best game of his career. I mean, maybe not statistically, but I think uh, pass accuracy-wise, I don't know if he's ever been better than he was in that game. And that, like I said, answers a lot of those questions that we had. And I think gets everyone to kind of look at this team in a little bit of a different light, uh, especially you mentioned too, Kate Johnson uh, kind of establishing that he's going to be a guy or is capable of being a guy that kind of you know, is the next in line. Who's going to replace Zach Zenner? Who's going to replace Dallas right. Goddard? Winicky? You know, it, it appears right now that he's kind of the next one to step into that role. Well, to sort of piggyback off that as well, I mean, 
I did. I looked at the FCS rankings this week, and I saw SDSU third. I mean, that that seems incredible to me that a team that lost the talent that they did, especially on offense, would be looked at or ranked as the third best team. Now, I don't know if for sure if that's the case or not, and certainly North Dakota State and James Madison appear to be the class of FCS um, again, but it's pretty remarkable to me to see SDSU right there at number three, don't you think? A little bit. Uh, I think, to be fair, it does say something about the rest of FCS football. Yep. Um, you see teams like Sam Houston State and Jacksonville State and Eastern Washington that are frequently you know, in that top five, top ten, uh, and they don't perform well uh, on the big stage, at least of late. Uh, the, the Missouri Valley has pulled away to such a degree uh, that I think, you know, last year, I think it was pretty obvious that North Dakota State, James Madison, and South Dakota State were the three best teams, and then there was a big drop-off after that. Uh, that might still be the case this year. Uh, who knows? Maybe USD should be fourth. I mean, right. when you look at how, how good the Valley is and how strong those teams are and how well they do against FBS competition and, and other top conferences in the FCS and then see how much of a struggle it is for some of those other teams it is weird because you know last year i think the jacks had higher i don't want to say higher expectations certainly they were more highly regarded because of all the seniors they had mm-hmm. uh, and they weren't as much of a definitive number three as they are this year uh but i think again that's kind of twofold one it is a sign that the jacks have continued to raise their game to where now that's that's how they're perceived that's the respect they have uh but two also i think uh, a lot of other teams have failed uh, to kind of keep up with NDSU, SDSU, James Madison, and and, and maybe and the there's another team or two you would throw in there, but I'm not even sure who it would be at this point. Right. Uh, so going forward here, what are the expectations for SDSU this year? Um, certainly, of course, again, North Dakota State, heavy, you know, prohibitive favorites to win the Valley. I don't, I actually don't see them losing a game uh, with the way that their schedule looks like, but you never know. They could trip up to Northern Iowa or, or someone like that. But uh, what are the expectations overall for the Jackrabbits this year? What do you what do you see out of them from uh, really all phases of the game, uh, offense and defense especially? I mean, how much pressure is going to be or how much is going to be put on Taron Christian's shoulders here, and what do we expect from them? Well, they would still tell you it's to, to win a national championship. I mean, they've got to a point where they kind of say that's their goal every year. And, and I know every team sort of says that, but mm-hmm. I think with, with them uh, it is realistic. They haven't done it yet, but I think they do go into every season thinking at least that, that they've got a shot and that that should be their goal. Um, again, if, if you look around uh, the country, it's hard to see any teams besides North Dakota State and James Madison that are demonstrably better than them. Uh, so I, I think it's very realistic, especially based on, on how good they looked in their first game. You know, if they lost that game or, or barely won it or something, then maybe we'd be uh, pumping the brakes a little bit. But when they play as well as they did there, um, I think, you know, for me personally, what my expectations might be of them are, you know, get right back to where they were last year. You know, do I think they're going to win this conference? No, I think North Dakota State's going to win it. Um, so then a lot of it will come down to do they win all the rest of their games potentially or or you know what kind of seed do they get to where you know potential hopefully they don't have to go too far go in the playoffs uh before at least the the semifinals i think getting i think getting back to where they were last year uh is realistic Uh, are they good enough to get to frisco 
might depend on who they have to play, who's on their side of the bracket, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to say that they can be as good as they were last year, but, you know, uh, their defense looks like it's a lot better than it was last year. And just based on one game, it looks like Taron Christian is better than he was last year. If those two things prove to be true throughout the course of the season, then they can be better than they were last year. Well, and you mentioned it, that you think that the defense looks like they're better. And that's always, I guess, been one thing that I think has held back this team a little bit is their defense overall. But uh, how just how improved is this defense? It's hard to say because it's only one game and Montana State, I think, has some issues on offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, having said that, um, you know, I've always felt like in the last couple of years, the SDSC defense has been a little bit overrated. Um, they've kind of talked about, oh, our defense is just as good as our offense, or our defense is, you know, the, the second or third best defense in the league. Well, even when that's been the case, it's never been a defense in the last couple of years that you would say that side of the ball is going to win them the game. You know, it was obviously always a team built around offense. And to be fair, uh, that puts a little more pressure on the defense when you have an offense that is explosive as SDSU's was, a lot of quick scores, defense on the field a lot. Um, and, you know, they did graduate some, some really good players again this year. But uh, I, I think there was there was just a sense from the minute that season ended last year at James Madison into the offseason, into the spring, and then into fall camp, just a very palpable sense that, that it was time for that defense to start um, asking more of themselves to say, you know, let's not just be good enough to, you know, let's not take advantage of the fact that we have an offense that scores 40 and say, oh, let's just hold them to 25. Because I think that's kind of how it's been the last few years. I think they've kind of said, hey, let's try to be on the same level as, as North Dakota State, as James Madison, as these top defenses in the nation. And it wasn't just wanting to do that. I think they knew and saw uh, with some of the youth on that defense how some of their better players were younger guys, uh, that there was a chance as they continued to build depth to continue to get better. It was really encouraging for them during fall camp that the defense almost routinely outplayed the offense. I mean, whenever they scrimmaged, whenever they went ones against ones, it seemed like the defense was always winning. And I think that really built that confidence heading into the season. And then obviously you go into the first game of the year and you give up one first down the entire first half mm-hmm. um, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and hold them to fewer than 200 yards for the entire game. Again, that's pretty much a best case scenario type of performance and like I said, I don't know if they're that good because, again, Montana State did, didn't look very good. Uh, that said, uh, it's only going to build the confidence of that unit, and uh, I'm really, really anxious to see how well they do uh, in a couple weeks when they go up to the Fargo Dome. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get too much, you know, too many more questions answered when they play Arkansas Pine Bluff this Saturday here. Uh, Matt Zimmer, Argus Leader, joining us here on the Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition. I want to get this question out of the way now uh, because, you know, I, I am a fan. So I have been hearing that Easton Stick has been regarded in some circles as a potential, you know, draft pick, which to me is laughable. Because uh, I just I think he's average at best, but that does lead me here to ask, what do you think of Taron Christian's prospects are or chances in terms of uh, being uh, in that and being in the NFL draft conversation come next April? Well, <clears throat> I would say based on how little of a chance Chris Strebler was given, not very good. Uh, Chris Strebler was probably the best player in the Valley last year. Mm -hmm. 
you know, passing and running. He really carried USD, had a fantastic season, uh, and then got to his pro day in Brookings where everyone was there because they were there to see Dallas Goddard, and he, you know, just absolutely killed it. I think he tested better than every quarterback in the draft in half of the skills that they measure and, you know, ran a spectacular 40 time, um, looked fantastic in the throwing drills. And not only did he not get drafted, I mean, very few teams even showed interest as a, you know, rookie invite to camp. I mean, there was just nothing. And that, I can only imagine how deflating that was for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think it's a bad sign for a guy like Taron Christian because Taron's a very similar player. Uh, it'll be hard for Taron at his pro day this next spring to perform better than Chris Drebler did. I mean, like I said, he did almost everything perfect and still didn't basically get a a, a, a whisper of, from anyone. Having said that, uh, Taron played, like I said, virtually flawless game the other night at Montana State, and uh, he's on the radar, I mean, because of Dallas Goddard and Jake Winicky. And now this year, Jordan Brown is very uh, getting a lot of interest from NFL teams. So there's scouts at practice every day. Um, he's going to have a chance. I think the thing he's got to do is he has to play like he played against Montana State every single game. Mm-hmm. Because being an FCS quarterback, um, there's obviously a lot of doubt from NFL teams. They want you to prove it. And perfect example is not just Chris Strebler, uh, but Jake Winicky. We all thought he'd be in the NFL. He's yeah. not. Yeah. Um, even, even Dallas Goddard. I mean, he's in the NFL. He's a second-round pick. But most of us felt like he was the best tight end. They took two other guys ahead of him, I would assume, because, well, those are FBS guys. We trust them more. Yep. There's always going to be a stigma attached to being an FCS guy. So for Taron to overcome that, he's going to have to play an almost perfect season um, and then, like I said, get to where um, you get into the testing side of it and that kind of thing. And then, and then you know, you're kind of at the mercy of, of the scouts that see you there and poke and prod at you and, yeah. and see well, the Strebler, the the Strebler example is certainly, um, you know, obviously one that would perhaps negate or you know lower the expectations that Christian could get drafted. But then again, uh, you have Carson Wentz, who is now regarded as a top five, top ten QB in the league. So certainly that has to help in some regards as well, right? I think so. I think it it helps uh, Easton Stick more than anything. Yeah. like you said, yep. uh, he has been getting more draft uh, buzz around him and that surprised me a little bit too um, he's a, obviously a really good player and I think is a really good system quarterback for what they have there uh, I, I, I nothing against the guy I don't see the same things I saw in Carson Wentz so that surprises me a little bit yep uh, it ha- that has to be what he's uh, benefiting from is the Carson Wentz effect maybe Taron can like you said uh, glean some of that himself difference is, Carson Wentz is, you know, 6'5", 230, whatever it is. He's a mountain of a man. Uh, Taron Christian is not. So, again, I think he's going to have to – obviously, he's going to have to exceed what Chris Strebler did last year because Strebler didn't get a shot. So, if he's going to get a shot, he's got to be even better than Chris was last year. Looking at the Valley as a whole, uh, obviously, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, uh, Northern Iowa's in there, perhaps Illinois State. I was really impressed by uh, – Southern Illinois quarterback Straub against Ole Miss last week. What uh, what do we make of the conference overall as a whole? It seems once again uh, pretty deep and cl- by leaps and bounds the best conference in FCS football. 
Yeah, I guess we'll see a little bit more over the next couple of weeks. I've heard some people uh, who follow FCS football from other parts of the country suggest that maybe the Valley's down a little bit this year, but I don't know if there's really any evidence to prove that. Part of that thinking might have been SDSU, like, oh, they lost Dallas and Jake, so they won't be as good. Well, one game into it, it doesn't look like that's the case. So we'll see. I think I do think Western Illinois is going to take a step back, new coach, for the third time in the last four years or whatever it is. Um, Illinois State is always a weird team. You know, ever since they got to the national championship, should have won it a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I think they've kind of been coasting on that a little bit. I've probably even been guilty of giving them too much credit year in, year out. They haven't done a whole lot the last couple of years. Uh, Northern Iowa is a team that I was kind of ready to bail on. Uh, but then last year they came back strong and had a really, really good team. Uh, I still think right now, if NDSU and SDSU are a clear-cut one-two, which they appear to be, I think you have to put USD number three. I mean, uh, obviously they lost Chris Strebler, who we always said, oh gosh, he's their whole team, all that. Mm-hmm. Well, they did, they did bring everyone else back besides Chris Strebler, and Austin Simmons, through two games, I don't want to say he's Chris Strebler 2.0, but he looks really good. Uh, in their second game against Northern Colorado, he was virtually perfect. And in their first game against Kansas State, he certainly held his own against a pretty good Big 12 team. Yep. So I think those three are a clear cut, uh, the leaders in the in the conference. And then after that, like you said, I, I am a little intrigued with Southern Illinois. I mean, the, was it Ole Miss that they yeah. gave a game the other day? Yep. Uh, they've always been pretty good offensively. I like their coaching staff. They might be an up and coming team, uh, but then again, it's always kind of those Illinois State, UNI some of those familiar faces a lot of times it just comes down to who wins those head-to-head games between those teams uh to, to find out who's going to be those that last whether it's fourth or fifth valley team that sneaks into the playoffs and boy I, I know it's just a couple games but even going back to last year youngstown state looks like they've fallen off a lot i don't know what bo Pelini's doing there yeah i mean it's that loss to Butler was obviously terrible, and then they lost an FBS game. Um, but, you know, sometimes you just have a disastrous game, and and it isn't a, a true reflection. Maybe it is. I don't know. I, it's not like I've scouted Youngstown or right. watched any of those games or anything. Um, I do I do think Bo Pelini's a good coach, and I was really surprised they lost that game early on. We'll see. Uh, that could certainly be evidence that, that they're down this year, that, that they weren't as good as they thought they were going to be or whatever. But I also wouldn't be shocked if they use that 0-2 start as a, a reason or an excuse to kind of take stock and start over and, and maybe they start getting it together and are still a factor in the Valley. Again, a lot of that will come down to those head-to-head battles. Youngstown State against Illinois State. Youngstown against Illinois State. Illinois State against Northern Iowa, Northern Iowa against Southern Illinois. All those games from those teams that are kind of middle of the pack, upper half, uh, who, who wins those games head-to-head is going to determine who slides in there behind the Dakotas. Yeah, they're all just going to beat up on one another here. Right. So at the end of the day, uh, you said that the SDSU has the expectations of making it, you know, hopefully back to the uh, FCS semifinals. Is that what you believe will happen at the end of the year? Again, you kind of cut out. Oh, do you? Where do you believe SDSU will be at the end of the year? FCS semifinals again, or? Uh, I definitely think they'll be in the playoffs. And uh, again, just kind of based on looking around the country, and a lot can change. We're only two weeks into it, but there's little evidence so far to suggest they aren't uh, one of the top three teams in the league or the, in the nation. So again, it totally depends on the bracket. They don't, as you well know necessarily always take pains to to keep the four best teams 
separated in that bracket. Sometimes right. they just oh, let's send South Dakota State to Fargo because it's a bus trip. Yeah, the geographically, challenged. right. But all things being equal, just sort of in a vacuum. Yeah, I would say semifinals are very realistic for that. Awesome. Well, Matt, I appreciate the time as always. I'm sure I'll be checking in with you again throughout the football season once basketball rolls around. To because uh, certainly uh, there's a lot of expectations for basketball team or both basketball teams this year. But I uh, appreciate the time. Uh, enjoy the game on Saturday, and uh, we'll check in later. Thanks, Matt. You bet, Nate. See ya. Matt Zimmer, Argus Leader, appreciate his time and efforts as always. You can find him, Argus Leader. They do chats throughout the week. Uh, it's great. Great coverage. They always enjoy um, following along. You know, follow him in on Zimmer at Margus, or at Argus Matt Z, I believe it is. Uh, we'll get that pulled up here. I should know that by now. It's different than, uh, yes, Argus Matt Z. So there you go. Follow him. Uh, great stuff if you're a Jackrabbit fan. And, uh, yeah, semifinals. Again, it maybe I should have seen this coming, uh, but when you lose Dallas Goddard and Jake Wenicky, just to me it feels like it. You maybe take a slight step back, but so far, at least through one game, uh, they looked pretty good, and we'll see what they do. Arkansas Pine Bluff again. I believe this is the Beef Bowl. Yes, the Beef Bowl. Arkansas Pine Bluff, 6 p.m. is the kickoff time there at uh, the Dana J. Dykehouse Stadium. Then a bye week, and then a trip up to Fargo to face North Dakota State. We'll see if that Dakota marker is going to stay with the Jacks. I'm guessing it won't, but hey, hopefully the Jacks prove us wrong. We'll wrap up here uh, the SDSU Sports Block podcast with look what's going on. The rest of the SDSU athletics here, the SDSU Sports Update, a brief one. Coming up here, SDSU Sports Block Podcast. Or Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition. Whatever you feel like calling it. Back next. All right, wrapping up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition. Look at what uh, what else is going on in the world of SDSU athletics. Here, take a look at what uh, the sports teams here, the SDSU Sports Update, will begin with cross country. Here, if I can uh, get this to pull up here. And so men's cross country is at the Woody Greeno Invitational in Lincoln, Nebraska. This Saturday, September 15th, 9.45 is the, uh, the, is the race time there for the men. The women are also, the uh, women's cross country team also at the Woody Greeno Invitational in Lincoln, Nebraska. 9 a.m. is their start time. Golf, the men were at the Badger Invitational in Madison, Wisconsin over the weekend. I believe they finished 11th. They are at the Ram Invitational hosted by Colorado State there in Colorado. That's this uh, 17th and 18th of September coming up here. So good luck to the men's golf team as they look to um, have some success at the Ram Masters Invitational. In women's golf, uh, Teresa Toscano finished in the top 15 as Jackrabbits golf team placed 15th at the 6th annu- annual Minnesota Invitational last weekend. They are next up at the uh, Mercedes-Benz Women's Collegiate Championship in Knoxville, Tennessee, again, uh, September 17th and 18th. So good luck to the golf team there. The soccer team, after starting out with uh, 
two losses to begin the year. Came back with three straight wins, including an 8-0 win over Wayne State back August 24th. A bit of an up-and-down year for them, but they are beginning a road trip now uh, that includes Idaho State and Eastern Washington. They beat Idaho State on Thursday, 2-0 there, so they will be at Eastern Washington on Sunday, September 16th, 3 p.m. is the start there. And finally, to volleyball, well, it's, I mean, volleyball's had its struggles over the year and uh, kind of starting out that way again this year. Two and eight, but they've won two of their last four matches. Um, beat UMass Lowell on Friday, September 7th, three to one, then lost to Drake, got swept by them three to nothing. This was at uh, in Des Moines, Iowa. They beat Eastern Illinois three to two, but then got swept by Iowa three nothing. They are in Boca Raton, Florida this weekend against Florida Atlantic. That's Friday at 11 a.m. Then they take on North Florida at 3.30 p.m. on Friday. Finish up with San Jose State Saturday at 9 a.m. So that's a brief uh, STSU sports update for you. You can find so much more on schedules, statistics, players, you know, everything you want to know about SDSU sports that are going on right now. Find it at GoJacks.com. A lot of good, hardworking people at the Sports Information Department keeping you up to date on the latest regarding Jackrabbit Athletics. So, does it for me here this week? I don't know when we'll reconvene. We'll probably do it sometime in the middle of uh, of the conference season, conference play of uh, football. And, of course, we'll talk basketball when that gets here. Uh, but SDSU Jackrabbit uh, uh, podcast, or the Jacks podcast, going to be few and far between here probably going forward but we'll still have a few so always pay attention you can find this podcast available on itunes just search the sports block podcast follow me on twitter at ndstack and also facebook nathan stack and we have a link posted to this podcast as soon as we can once we get it uh downloaded and up and available online here for your listening pleasure so uh thank you to matt zimmer from the argus leader as always for joining me uh great stuff fantastic insight um always appreciate matt's time and uh thank you for listening to this week's edition of the sports block podcast stsu jackrabbit edition the first of this season we'll see when we have another one uh but always appreciate you listening and uh hope you enjoyed the podcast and we'll be back on another time you can always catch the uh the weekly sports block podcast that's available on itunes as well just uh with, with me and travis Crins. we'll see who we grab I mean, charlie hildebrand will be on throughout the season to talk college football so that's great stuff there but uh that's where you can find us there and uh just be on the lookout for another edition of the sports block podcast scsu jackrabbit edition um but nathan stacken here saying thank you for listening to this week's edition of the sports block podcast sdsu jackrabbit edition uh hope you enjoyed it and hope you tune in again the next time we do this podcast you've been listening to the sdsu uh jackrabbit well whatever bad way to end the podcast my apologies you've been listening to the sports block podcast sdsu jackrabbit edition have a good week and as always go big go blue go jacks talk to you next time here on the sdsu we're really messing this up here with the with the beginning here, but uh, continued success to the football team. Taron Christian, Kay Johnson, Christian Rose, boom. Do your thing. Uh, Chase Vinatieri, uh, do your thing, guys. Continue to win these games. Uh, keep the Dakota marker in Brookings if possible if we don't have another podcast before then. And, uh, yeah, so uh, as always, go big, go blue, and go Jacks. We'll talk to you next time. 
here on the Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition.